everybody. Welcome back to Terrace Talk. FA Cup action this week and we're back as well. I had a little festive break off. There's so many games to cram in. Um, we're also trying to enjoy Christmas as well. So it's uh, it's, it's difficult to do the two things at once. But uh, we, we are back with an episode this week. Norwich City, of course, facing Coventry City in the Cup. Delighted to be joined by Coventry fan Tom from Sky Blues Extra and Norwich fan Ross as well. Tom, let's let's start with you because it, it doesn't really feel like five minutes ago since the two teams played in the league. Um, just as on, on an FA Cup perspective, and then we'll talk about your progress in the league at a bit more depth. How how important do you think Mark Robbins is is going to see this game against Norwich, or is he going to see it perhaps? And, and again, I'll come to Ross on this in a moment. In the same way, Daniel Farker will. Is it? It's actually a bit of an opportunity to give those players that maybe haven't had a lot of minutes some game time. Yeah, definitely. I think it's um, it's a tricky one this year, isn't it? I think generally Mark Robbins takes the cup quite seriously and we've actually had a couple of pretty good cup runs under him in the last sort of three or four years um we had a nice one last year actually um but I think with the landscape of you know Covid and so many games being crammed in and I think the the prize money is less this year as well um plus the fact you know survival in the league for us is just so paramount um I think it's probably a year where we're not going to take it as seriously um, obviously the fans can't be there either. So there's no, you know, there's none of that kind of draw of getting a big tie away or anything. So yeah, I, I'd imagine he'll probably put out a slightly weakened side for this one. Um, and I'm sure it's probably similar for you guys as well. Yeah, well, let, well let's let's pick up on that, Ross. How, um, how, because Daniel Farker has been someone, as, as Tom says there, in the same way Mark Robbins has been, taking the cup competitions very seriously since he's been at Norwich. We obviously saw the run they had last year, got to the quarterfinals for the first time in, in a long time, beat Tottenham and, and Burnley a, a, away from home, which is, which is pretty good going. This year, it's obviously different with the scheduling, but also with what they're trying to do in the league. So if you're Daniel Farker, how sort of important how much of an onus are you putting on this game, I guess? Is it an opportunity to, to give people minutes or do you actually see it on the flip side? Because there's kind of two ways to look at it. Do you see it on the flip side as being an opportunity to retain that momentum and the good form that they've shown in the league recently? Yeah, I think the the schedule is, is going to play a big part in it. I think Farker's always, always um, taken the cup very seriously. Um, last year, I think it was brilliant to give minutes to those that weren't playing and I think it will be the same again this year I, I expect eight and nine changes I would have thought um, on Saturday um, and I just think it's a good opportunity I mean when we got promoted two years ago we obviously lost to Portsmouth 1-0 in the last minute at Carrow Road and actually it turned out to be the best thing that happened to us because Portsmouth went on to struggle when they were top of the league and, and struggled and, and we then kicked on from there but no, I do think it's come at the perfect time for us at the minute with the injuries that we've had people coming back it'd be good to get some minutes uh, in the likes of uh, Quintia um, as he comes back in that left back, I would have thought on Saturday to get some get some minutes in him and some minutes in Hugel as well and and a few others. So I think it's a good opportunity to rotate, rest some legs, just like we did when we played commentary in the league. Of course, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, well. Well, this is it, isn't it? Because obviously when Norwich played Coventry in the league, we, we were sat here and I know Tom was, was on that show and we were talking about how many injuries there were and now we're talking about Norwich City rotating again. So for the second time, Coventry probably aren't going to face a, a full strength of Norwich side. Um, 
Ross, it's interesting, isn't it? Almost the, the difference in how people view the FA Cup. I've seen actually just before we've we've come on here some quotes from Gareth Ainsworth about how he wants a cup run, and it kind of feels like if you're struggling a little bit, that the cup can actually be as it was for Norwich last year, a source of escapism, something to look forward to. But when you're top of the, for example, top of the championship in the position Norwich are in, and actually looking to achieve something, then maybe it's in many ways a little bit of a hindrance beyond the fact that you can actually give some of your squad some minutes. Yeah, I think, I, to be honest with you, I think it's a win-win for Norwich, to be honest with you, because if if we win the game, we keep the momentum up and the squad morale is high. And if we lose it, I think it's a case of, well, it was a dead game anyway and we we look forward to um, to the following week away at Cardiff. So I don't think it's... I think it's a win-win in that scenario. Um, I do think um, that it is just the perfect opportunity for, for the likes to rotate and, and I, I don't think he will... Uh, yeah, I don't think he'll. Uh, I don't think we'll see the likes of Pookie and Buendia and Campwell. And I'm sure with no Buendia on the squad, I'm sure people will be in uproar and worrying the guts off it. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's come at a good time for us, I think, at the minute. Yeah, I, I get the sense that Arsenal fans maybe that a little bit louder come Saturday uh, when, when that team news drops, even louder than they have been this week, which is quite some achievement. Tom, I've I've got a, a, and as Ross will know, I've got a Coventry City supporting colleague, and um, when you ask him about Coventry, he'll he'll often go back to the FA Cup win, the the, the time that he did win it. Um, it is a, a very special competition for Coventry fans, or at least it certainly is for for him anyway. So, is there almost this contrast of? Actually, it being one of one of the greatest days in terms of Coventry City's history, that that final, but equally to where we are now, and maybe being a little bit indifferent about it, or does it just show how the competition's moved on? Yeah, I think so. It, you know, there's you, you know you can't really um, argue that it has definitely changed over the years. Um, it's definitely not what it used to be. You know, people remember when they were kids growing up, and it used to be you know a whole sort of day's event, the FA Cup final, and you know, winning the FA Cup was, well, you know, for Coventry, it's, you know, the biggest day, like you say, in our history. And it's, you know, like if you talk to any Coventry fans, they'll always talk about 1987. Um, so it's definitely lost a bit of that sort of magic, I would say, over the years, you know, with, you know, TV and the, the different times of the games and stuff. And it, yeah, it has kind of spoiled it a little bit, I would say. Um, but I, you know, for me personally, I still, I still love the FA Cup. You know, I, we, like I said, we've had a couple of really nice runs in the last few years. Um, some really big ties at Premier League teams and things like that. So, um, you know, I still I still love the FA Cup. I just think, you know, this year it's it's sort of, you know, slightly different, obviously, w- without being able to go. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, a bit like what Ross was saying, I think for us, we probably feel like it's a bit of a win-win as well because if we progress, then great. And, um, and, if, and if we, you know, and then if we don't, we can sort of focus on the league. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, two two teams that have sort of slightly different agendas in terms of what they're trying to achieve. It, it yeah. does kind of feel like this year with the cup competitions, maybe something needed to be compromised somewhere, maybe with the League Cup, and maybe this is um, this is a game that both sides won't necessarily want in terms of load. But like you both say, it will be useful to to rotate in the squad. Um, let's let's talk about the championship for uh, a, a little bit, Ross. We'll, we'll start with you. How do you reflect on Norwich City's um, festive period? They obviously sit top of the league, top of the league at the halfway stage, um, averaging two points per game. Everything looks looks pretty rosy, doesn't it, from a Norwich City perspective? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> a bit too good for Norwich's liking for how we normally do it. But um, yeah, no, it's good. I was, it's very difficult and I hear a lot of fans do it and I do it myself, compare back to two years ago when we obviously won the league then. And you look at the comparisons then to now, I think the gap between first and sixth at this time of year was about four points, three or four points. And now we're 10 points clear of, of, of sixth. So um, 
yeah, it, it, we're doing it very differently to back then. Um, I think we do look a lot more uh, defensively sound, a lot more grit, a lot more fight um, than what we've maybe previously lacked. Um, but at the same time, we're not taking those chances that we were back in 2018, 2019 as well. So I think there is still more to come. I keep saying it. I do think we're sat in third gear still. Um, I think we still have got a few more levels to go up to achieve what we can achieve. Um, but I think the big thing is no disrespect to the likes of Coventry and Wickham, etc. But I do think the the level of the championship now compared to two years ago in terms of the quality is is slightly different. Um, I think we're seeing more teams come to Car Road and and park up. And to be fair to Coventry, they weren't. I wouldn't have said they were definitely necessarily one of those. Right. Um, but we are finding that more and more. Um, where before, I think it was a bit more open. You had the likes of West Brom, Leeds, Sheffield United, Brentford playing at the top of the game. It was a lot more a lot more wide open I'd say a lot more quality within that so I think with the squad that we've got we're doing what we have to do but I think before two years ago we had a lot of I think there was a bit of pressure internally for Farker after his first season he'd sort of bedded himself in and there was sort of an expectation to build on um, where now there's noise not only inside the club but outside in terms of look at this great Norwich squad they've kept hold of the likes of the players that they have and and they should be doing they should be where they are so yeah Mm, the, the point you make there sort of leads on nicely to what I was going to ask you about the way the league is going. Do you, do you kind of feel now that top four we're seeing currently, I pro- probably put Watford in, on, on the cusp of that as well with their, with their squad. It does almost feel like we're seeing a, a top five, top four maybe starting to emerge now with Norwich, Bournemouth, Brentford and, and Swansea. It, it does kind of feel like those three promoted clubs from, and, and obviously we've seen everyone once, it does feel like there is a, a difference in quality between those three relegated clubs rather um, and, and then maybe Brentford bridging that gap a little bit is that kind of how you view it now do you, do you see that top four almost beginning to, to stretch out their advantage a little bit now yeah I do I think we are one of the few out of that group Bournemouth maybe slightly more so and Brentford have now picked up again but we are probably in the most consistent um, you know again I keep referring back to it but two years ago we had a if I remember rightly, we had a bit of a hit, a bit of a, a stumbling block around Christmas time. Then I think we drew five out of six at the end of December and into January. Um, it's going to happen, but as long as you're not losing games um, and you're still picking up points, I don't think it's too much to worry about. But yeah, to answer your question, I do think it is going to be that top four that that pushes on forward. Now, I was really impressed with Barnsley on Saturday. I'd be amazed if they're not in and around that top six come come the end of it. Um, but uh, yeah, to be honest with you, like I say, the quality of it like Reading being up there in all honesty like I think it says a lot about the league but fair play to Reading I've got a good mate he's a Reading fan and you know by all accounts they're, they're deserving to be up there so fair play but in terms of what I've seen in, in terms of the teams that we've played against there's been very little that's worried me shall I say yeah, I'm beginning to think it's a four, possibly five horse race now for those uh, top two positions and that, that kind of is probably quite a nice question for you Tom obviously uh, Coventry won League One last year. Uh, how have you found the first season in the Championship? Has it been kind of what we've spoken about there? Maybe the the quality hasn't been as as high as you expected, or, or have you been sort of maybe not as surprised by the level of of, of the league yeah. that you've walked into? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd probably agree with Ross. Actually, I think the the quality probably hasn't been as high as I expected. Um, you know, I think we, I think we've grown into it really well. I think we we had a very tough start. I think as we talked about last time, we had a probably one of the hardest starts of any, definitely of any of the promoted teams. Um, we obviously struggled to to pick up points at the start of the season, but um, and obviously we had the big long gap as well in between the seasons um, that we had to get used to. So 
but you know we've we've picked up we had an eight game and beaten run which has helped us to to build a bit of a points gap and and yeah you know i don't i don't think we really fear anyone in the in the division now you know playing teams like stoke on boxing day and we got a point and it did, didn't seem like they were full of quality so i'd agree yeah i don't think it's a, a league full of quality anyone can beat anyone and you know i think we're probably feeling very confident now that that we can stay up and you know we've got something like six teams below us now who aren't going to win every week um you know seven point gap so yeah i think you know we're feeling a bit more comfortable now and obviously making some additions in january as well which is really good to see so yeah definitely feeling more positive than than when we spoke back in i think it was november wasn't it yeah still an issue tom goal still an issue is goal still an issue with you guys scoring him yeah, it is, it is to an extent. I think it's it's not even a striker issue for us. It's um it's just sort of the, the service. I mean, we we play one up top anyway. We sort of pack out the midfield. We're playing this kind of box midfield formation now, um, and we've just had games where it's been a little bit frustrating. The the final ball just hasn't quite been there. Um, Matty Godden did actually go off injured on Saturday, so that's a bit of a worry. Um, but you know, we've we've we're hope hopefully we can get someone in up, up front. Um, but yeah, like goal scoring is is always an issue for us. It seems. I mean, even when we won League One, I think we had something like fourteen of our games that we won were by a one goal margin. So you know, we never batter teams anyway. Um, so yeah, it's it's always a, a kind of ongoing challenge for us. Mm, interesting, uh, Tom. I, I was just going to ask you just to to sort of um, round off that point about about quality. Obviously, you you, you guys came to Carroll Road when Norwich were sort of at the height of their injury crisis. Marco Steepman played as a striker that day. But in in terms of quality, where do Norwich City rank amongst the sides that that you've seen play Coventry this season? Yeah, I suppose you know. I, I mean, I've seen some of your games and some of your highlights, and you, you know, you look like a, a top side. I'd say probably, but like you say, when we played you, it was quite hard to judge. And I know you had a lot of injuries. We sort of said on our podcast, funnily enough, we might end up playing the same team as as we did back in November <laughs> on Saturday. Um, but but yeah, I think yeah, definitely been impressed with with some of your. You know, you've obviously got some top top players, haven't you? You know, Pookie and Cantwell are you know Premier League players, really, aren't they? Um, so. Yeah, been really impressed. I think, yeah, definitely sort of deserve to be where you are on the table. Um, and you know, I'm sure you guys will go on, go on to get promoted. So, yeah, from the outside in, I think you know, been very impressed with Norwich this season. Mm, it, it does feel like, um, and, and a lot of Norwich fans will, will, I'm sure, agree with with Tom's comments there. But, but Ross, it does feel like, and certainly the the sort of perception on on social media. I saw this a few times before the window opened. Was if there was going to be something to derail Norwich City, it would be a transfer window. I mean, we're only a week in, and and, and the speculation around Emi Buendia has has been um, noisy. I think we'll say to say the least. As as a Norwich fan, how concerned are you? by that given everything that happened in the summer or, or do you think the stuff that happened in the summer and him being left out of that I say the summer it was sort of more autumn wasn't it really but him being left out of that game against Bournemouth do you think that will have helped him a little bit in terms of ignoring that noise and ignoring the, the, the speculation yeah in answer to your question I'm not worried at all um, if you had to give me a percentage of how out of 100% how much I think it's going to go I'd have to say 0% I just can't see him going Um if we weren't top of the league and so many points clear, I think it's a very, very different conversation to be had. As we have found out previously, I think uh, Graben went for stupid money in January. Um, Olsen, Brady, Pritchard, you know, all those players that went in January where, you know, they could, they had a point to say, well, you're not where you should be. So can you let me, can you let me go? Um, and especially with Weber at the helm, I just think, you know, he, he has got a lot of criticism, Weber, rightly so. I think for, a lot of the stuff that went on last year um, with the signings, 
Um, but I think for some of the deals that he's done, you know, even yesterday, you know, 300 grand for Carlton Morris for someone who's made one appearance, senior appearance for the club, I think, well, fair play. A million quid for Marley Watkins. You know, it's just stuff like that that's, I just can't see. If he's going to go, it's going to be for absolutely ridiculous money. And when I see stuff on Twitter, branded around a 14 million plus rising to 20, it just makes you chuckle um, and just makes you think, well, I might as well start my own Twitter account and have a bit of a laugh and say we're going to start signing Messi and Ronaldo <laughs> and fees are rising and this, that and the other because it's just bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Yeah, my, my issue came when uh, that report came out about a swap deal. And I think when you, when you start to hear stuff about swap deal and players included in deals, it, it probably shows that the, the club interested um, probably doesn't have the, the funds needed to make that deal happen. But yeah, I think you're right. If, if we're going to look at a window where Emi Buendia exits, I think it's more likely to be the summer, um, regardless if, uh, of, of whether Norwich City go up or not. And of course, then they'll be in a stronger position as well. Um, let, let's talk about in terms of incomings and what you'd like to see Norwich do in, in January. I think there's really two two areas that they're they're targeting goalkeepers and 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 left backs are there any areas of the squad for you that, that you feel need to be strengthened elsewhere no uh, yeah i mean i'm the same as you heard on the grapevine it's goalkeeper left back and potentially a winger as well um but yeah i mean number two goalkeeper um would be ideal but i think again you need to get someone who's going to push crawl not that he needs to be pushed with the form he's been in but I do think you just always need someone on your toes and that's not saying Mickey McGovern never did that because he obviously came in and was a brick wall when he came in but um, yeah just have someone along those lines and a left back is is a, is quite clearly a, a position um, that needs to be looked at because it's not fair on on um, Sorensen to be playing there if I'm, if I'm being honest with you although he's done a brilliant job and you can't fault the work and effort that he's done in and uh, that he's put in it's not fair on the lad. He's been brought in to be a centre midfielder and he's a young lad and he's going to want to progress and and, and develop his career playing in that position. So um, I do think there's been obviously a lot of talk about McCullum, um, Coventry, getting him back. Obviously, we know that's that's not going to happen. Um, did, maybe they thought Byron was potentially going to be back sooner. I know he's had setback after setback. So um, we'll see. But yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of the incomings, I don't think we'll see many. To be honest with you, as we never normally do with a with a Weber January transfer window, unless it's desperate. Yeah, I was I was going to say doesn't typically like to operate in in January, does he? But I think they will be forced in in, in a couple of areas. Tom uh, Coventry have already made their first sign in the January window. Matty James, who of course last game for Barnsley would have been against Norwich City, potentially going to make his debut on Saturday against Norwich City for <laughs> a, a, a different side. Not sure if there's too many players that have done that. I'm sure someone will will point out in the comments, but. <laughs> How pleased are you to, to sign him? Someone who's been playing in, a, in, in an upwardly mobile championship side, uh, as, yeah. as Ross said, a, a side that's earned a lot of plaudits amongst Norwich City fans this week for the way they approached that game last week. Regular or had been a regular at Leicester. Seems a solid player at this level. How are you feeling about that sign? Yeah, br- brilliant signing, I think. You know, um, I think he, he was key when Leicester... I know it was quite a few years ago now, but when Leicester got promoted from the Championship, he was a really big part of their midfield. I've got a few mates who are Leicester fans and they, they absolutely loved him. You know, he, I think he played alongside Danny Drinkwater in, in that midfield. And a lot of them say, actually, he, he should have been the one who should have played for England. But obviously, he was hampered with injuries. Hardly played then for the next three or four years in the Premier League with them. Um, and then obviously, he's just had to build his fitness back up. Um, obviously, went to Barnsley. And, you know, seeing what those their fans have been saying on Twitter, they're really gutted that he's he's left. And I'm not sure if it's perhaps a personal reason. he wanted. I know he lives in the Midlands. Perhaps he wanted to be closer to home. Um, 
and that might be well, I've, I've seen sorry to to interrupt I've seen today uh, some quotes from Valor and Ismail just saying that it was it was it was his choice essentially he wants to give other op- options a yeah a go so uh, again massive boost for Coventry yeah huge huge boost for us um I think the other thing is I I'm not sure exactly how it's structured but um the Coventry Telegraph was suggesting that it might be a, a loan with a view to a permanent as well in the summer or at least he's going to weigh up his options then so you know I think perhaps a lesson learned from from Liam Walsh who we had last season who we couldn't get permanently and wish we had um you know we're possibly looking at getting permanently wages could be an issue but you know if we're serious about cementing ourselves as a championship team then we're probably gonna have to start forking out a bit more on on wages so no yeah really 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 pleased with that as a signing and really excited to see him playing in a Coventry shirt I know we spoke last time you were on about the similarities in recruitment and how pivotal that's been since Mark Robbins been at the club and Coventry's rise. Um, one name, Gustavo Hamer, I think he's, he's, he seems to be getting a lot of attention, scored uh, against Millwall in, in, in the win last week. Um, talk to us a little bit about, about him because he, um, he, he looks to be sort of getting some, some plaudits uh, across the championship I'm seeing now. Yeah. Tempted to sit here and just say he's rubbish so that no one uh, no one's <laughs> gonna scout him. But um no, he's 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 an unbelievable player. I'm not sure if he'll he'll play on Saturday, they might give him a rest, but you know, he's he's got everything in his locker. You know, he he can tackle, he breaks up play, he can score goals, um, you know, he makes great runs his delivery is brilliant honestly I couldn't speak highly enough of him the the only side of his game that can let him down is he, he gets a lot of bookings like I think he's already he already was out for one game for having five yellow cards he got sent off against Bournemouth earlier in the season um, but in terms of his um, yeah his abilities he's an absolutely brilliant player he's only 23 as well um, I think we got him for something like 1.2 million from Zvol in the summer. So, brilliant piece of recruitment. Um, and you know, as, as people probably know, our, our sort of business model is to buy these players in from Europe and to to sell them on a bit like how Brentford do it. Um, so, hopefully, it's not this window, and and hopefully we get to see him live at some point. That'd be nice. But um, it would I wouldn't be at all surprised if he you know goes next summer for you know it could be 10 to 15 million. He's he's that good in my eyes. So. Yeah, brilliant player. Not sure if he'll play on Saturday, but yeah, definitely look out for him if you get the chance because he's um, he's a brilliant talent. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of parallels from what you said there between him and, and a certain Norwich City Argentine midfielder for sure. Just finally, before we, we turn our attentions to, to this game on Saturday, uh, we asked you last time about Sam McCallum. Uh, I'll ask you again, how's he sort of kicked on in, in the last couple of months or so? I know that there have been some Norwich fans talking about potentially recalling him with what we've said about the left-back issue. I don't think Norwich City want to do that. They're pleased with the level of football he's playing. They really like and, and admire and, and respect and trust Mark Robbins as well. So I don't think that's necessarily something that's that's going to happen this window. But but just talk to us a little bit about Sam McCallum. He, he seems to have become a bit more regular in the Coventry yeah. side than perhaps he was when we when we spoke last time. Yeah, definitely. He sort of won his place back in the team. Because obviously we've got Ryan Giles on loan from Wolves as well. So it's kind of those two sort of battling for that sort of left wing back spot in the team. Um, and, and to be fair, Ryan Giles was, has, has had a really good season so far as well. So, But McCallum managed to yeah, break back into the team around about probably when we played Norwich in November. And he's managed to keep his place really well. He He's not always like really consistent he has the odd off day sometimes he's not you know in the game as much as he could be but you know again he's obviously stepping up a level so it's to be expected you know he was a he was a star man last season he he really was great in league one um and you know he's just adapting to the level so i think a full season in the championship um will definitely do him some good and then he'll probably then be ready to you know, maybe Premier League would be a bit too much of a step up, but he's, he'll definitely be a, a really solid sort of championship player, I think, 
next season once he's had a, a full season with us. Yeah, I can quite feasibly see a situation as well come the summer if, if Norwich do get up where maybe uh, Coventry take him for another season. I could quite... I could see that quite uh, quite feasible. Business for us if that happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Selling him, but playing him anyway, not he? Ex- exactly. It's a win-win <laughs> for you guys. Uh, Ross, uh, ahead of ahead of this game, what changes are you expecting or, or would you like to see? Because there's obviously been some players who have played a lot of football, Ollie Skip, um, Emi Buendia, Timmy Puki, who listed a few of them. The one for me, maybe, which is a, a slight, not concern, but maybe one that might have to go again is is Max Ahrens, given that there's not necessarily um, a natural right-back sort of replacement for him. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think I had nine changes. And Max Max was one that was staying in. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, that, that is the case. It's one of those uh, difficult situations, but unfortunately, he's just going to have to get through it. He's a young lad. I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, but there's no point. I don't think there's anyone else at all um, from even then the 23s that could, that could step up at right back anyway. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I think, I think there will be a number of changes. I think in the very likelihood that Hugo will be up top, it'd be interesting to see if we adapt slightly in terms of how we play. Cause the times that we ha- he has played up top, I have felt a little bit sorry for him. I know Fark is not going to completely, go away from the way that we play but when you've got a big lad like him in the box it'd be nice to get a, a cross or two in occasionally so if we are going to play Placetta and and Martin perhaps which I would like to think will be the, the guys that are either side of him get a few balls into the box for him for, for him to feed off so yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens especially with the um, midfield as well I think I think Kenny will start again um, I think he's been absolutely superb um, since he's come back in uh, I get a lot of stick because he is uh, a big favourite of mine, but he uh, he has been absolutely superb um, since he's come back in. So it'd be good to give Skippy a rest, although he never looks like he gets tired. That bloke. So I'm sure he'll. Uh, I'm sure Mr. Tetty will make way and, um, and and come in for Skippy. So yeah, I think a number of changes, but it'd be good to give Quintilla, Placetta, Hugo, Josh Martin, uh, Tetty, all of them lads some some minutes. I'd probably give Hanley and Gibson both a rest as well. And um, get Zimbo in uh, with the young lad who I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. Omar, I'm not even going Om- I'll do it for Om- you. That's the one. Thank you. Yeah, I probably I would probably chuck him in. And I did notice that he's the front cover of the program on Saturday as well. So I think it'd be quite convenient if he did go and get a go and get a star, which would be good for the lad. It certainly would. We obviously saw Tim Krull come back against Barnsley. How much of that was necessity over maybe him being 100%? I'm not quite sure. But is he one that you'd, you'd risk for this weekend? Because we, we kind of discussed this on, on our podcast. You can kind of look at it two ways. One side, you're going, well, arguably he might need the minutes and an extra game for his recovery. Or equally, he might want to miss this one with the view to Cardiff next weekend, which is obviously going to be a very physical encounter and one that you would like to have him for. Yeah, agreed. I mean, you're you're lucky enough to be there in the flesh, so you might be able to shed a bit more light in it. But I, I do feel like his kicking wasn't quite there Saturday. I mean, the actual distribution itself was fine, but I do feel he maybe wasn't quite so confident, uh, especially on the wow, wasn't it? Very flat. Yeah, yeah, very flat. So, yeah, I think it was pushed through. Um, I think Farker's annoyed because it has taken longer to get him back than originally. I think it. What did he say? It was only going to be a few weeks after the Stoke game, wasn't it? And it's it's obviously gone on further and further. Um, but yeah, again, it's a perfect opportunity to get Barden in again. I think it'd be good for him. Um, it's just the perfect opportunity to get him some minutes in and just build his confidence up a little bit more as well. So yeah, I wouldn't risk Krull, no chance whatsoever. 
Interesting stuff. Tom, um, just finally, from, from your perspective, what sort of Coventry side are, are you expecting? I know you said that there'll be changes, but uh, which, what specifically are, are you, or would you like to see for this weekend, I guess? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, we'll probably make some changes. Um, I think probably at the top of the pitch, we haven't got huge loads of options to make changes. So we've probably only got a couple of, of fit strikers there. Um, but yeah, we've got quite a few sort of young lads. I think we, we've just recalled uh, Josh Eccles from Gillingham. So I think he might feature in midfield, um, possibly give McCallum a rest and bring Giles back in. Um, we've got a couple of young centre-halves as well that might want to get a chance. So goalkeeper-wise, we'll probably keep it the same because you know there's no there's no point changing the keeper there. Um, so I think it'll, yeah, probably similar sort of formation as we've been playing, but just sort of filling in a few sort of bodies here and there and maybe sort of five or six changes just to, just to freshen things up and give people a bit of a rest, I think. Because obviously the fixtures will be coming thick and fast after this. Absolutely. Uh, Ross, let's let's get your, your score prediction then. How do you see this going? Do you see Norwich progressing to the fourth round? Cool, Christ, put that on a hat, can we? Um, could be anything. Um, am I right in saying it straight to pens as well? Or is there extra time, do we know? I might need to double check, but I'm pretty sure it goes to a replay, I want to say, but I'll, I will double check for you now. Um, yeah, I would say I would say draw. I think uh, I think both sides will be uh, it will be pretty cagey. I think, and uh, where you've got a lot of players that haven't played a lot of minutes, I think you could have a lot of, uh, a lot of errors and a lot of mistakes and a lot of will and a lot of trying, but maybe not a lot of end product. So we could see a, a, the way Norwich have been going at the minute. We could see a little stale nil nil, um, but which wouldn't which wouldn't be a bad thing. But I think Farker won't want that to happen if it is a replay definitely so I think you'll just want the game done or dusted either way like we did against Portsmouth two years ago if you remember went absolutely gung-ho I think we had a long throw which Jordan Rhodes ended up taking and um, <laughs> the other end of, and sticking a goal and I remember being in the Barclay that day and thinking thank God for that they got that one in because yeah. I don't want to replay um, going down there so yeah I'd say in draw on the hope that it's penalties <laughs> it, it, it certainly is there's no replay so it would, oh, uh, it would go for penalties so we'll go, we'll go for uh, a Norwich win on penalties Tom how are you uh, how are you feeling ahead of this one it kind of feels to me like it's kind of after you sir it's kind of that sort of game this weekend yeah. um, how do you think it'll end up from, from Coventry's yeah, perspective I think, I think you know if I'm being realistic I think like your your sort of uh, second string team is probably a lot stronger than ours. So I think you, you probably have enough to kind of beat us. Um, I said on our podcast that I thought you, you possibly would beat us 2-1. Um, I think for me, you know, I'm not too bothered about the result or the scoreline. I think as long as we put out a good performance and maybe there's a couple of young players that, that um, you know, uh, acquit themselves well um, and maybe we score a goal, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. So I'll go, I'll go 2-1 to Norwich, which wouldn't be the end of the world. There we go, guys. Thank you very much for joining me. We will, of course, be there at Carroll Road on Saturday, pinkin.com, the place to go for that. It's certainly been an interesting one. Certainly going to be interesting to see what sort of team Norwich field. Thank you very much for watching. Do leave a like, subscribe to the Pinkin YouTube channel or podcast channel if you listen to this as a pod. Really appreciate your support and uh, hopefully there'll be more of these in 2021. I haven't really had an opportunity to say it on here, but uh, Happy New Year. Stay safe and thanks for watching. 